First learned about this seven years ago on a mission in Brazil to capture a wanted. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Luck It All podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Mortal Kombat. I'm, I'm running around the studio if you can't tell. but uh, Mortal Kombat 2021, directed by Simon uh, McCoyd, produced by James uh, James Wan, Todd Gardner, Simon McCoyd, Bennett Walsh, uh, screenplay by uh, Greg Russo, Dave Callahan, story by Oren Utzel, Greg Russo. Uh, not too familiar with anything that Greg Russo has done uh, right off the top. This is Simon McCoyd's uh, directorial debut, and I believe David, uh, sorry, Dave Callahan is known for uh, works of Wonder Woman 1984, Shang-Chi, Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, uh, documentary, and uh, was that a documentary? Or it was some sort of show, TV series with him, uh, and the writer from Godzilla 2014 as well. Uh, Oren Utzel, this guy's uh, writer on the Cloverfield Paradox, 22 Jump Street, and uh, Shimmer Lake. I'm not too familiar with anything else he's been on. But, um, yeah, so Mortal Kombat is a 2021 American martial arts fantasy film directed by Simon McCoy, his uh, debut. Uh, it is based on the video game franchise of the same name created by Ed Bone and John Tobias. This is serving as a reboot to the Mortal Kombat film series. The film stars Louis Tan, Jessica McName, Josh Lawson, uh, Ta- Tada Nobu Asano, uh, Makad Brooks, uh, Louis Dlin, Chin Han, Joe Talzum, and Hiroki Sanada. Now, there are some foreign names on this list, and so I apologize if I get any of the uh, foreign lists, uh, the names wrong on there. So, uh, you know, forgive me for that. Um, let me see what else we're talking about. Um, following the commercial and critical failure of the 1997 uh, Mortal Kombat film Annihilation, a third Mortal Kombat film languished in development hell for a period of nearly two decades in late 2010 warner brothers uh the parent company acquired the franchise uh from midway games in 09 um thus beginning a new film with uh kevin tantro serving as a director from a written script written by Utsul in the wake of Mortal Kombat uh, Rebirth, uh, a short film. James Wan was announced as a producer um, in August 2015. McCoy was hired as director in 2016, um, at the end of 2016 in November. And, uh, yeah, so... Basically, this was one of the big blockbuster films that was supposed to go straight to the theaters, but this is going to be split between the HBO Max release within the next, like, 30 days. It's available on there, as well as the um, the fact that it is in theaters as well. So you have your options to go see this in theaters, depending on if your state allows it, given the state of the pandemic. So Mortal Kombat 
basically I know the the bare bones of Mortal Kombat. I know, you know, the the catchphrases to an extent, you know, get over here and stuff like that and finish him, fatality, you know, all the all that good stuff. Uh so I think about that uh quite often when um when uh when I'm thinking about Mortal Kombat the brand. So how can we make it interesting as uh, a movie? Well, notoriously, video game adapted movies do not have uh, a great track record. The most one, the ones I can remember the most recently would be Sonic the Hedgehog. You got Tomb Raider. You've got uh, the one that's been in de- Nathan Drake has been in development hell for I don't know how long. They might have Tom Holland play it. They might not. They've been trying to get somebody to play it. Even Wahlberg was supposed to play it for a while. So anyways, um, yeah, adapted, video game adapted uh, movies and television shows do not have a great track record. I'd say The Witcher was probably one of the better, more uh, adapted uh, television shows or, or pieces of property that have made the leap from... Um, video games to or comic books to um, you know the the screen whether it's streaming or the big screen but anyways uh, I've seen bits and pieces of the regular Mortal Kombat or you know the normal um, what was it the 1997 Mortal Kombat I I think it was um, but yeah so what's the one what's the big thing that's going to make this one tick you know, does this one serve up to breaking the rules of, uh, you know, video game movies, video game adapted movies can't be good? You know, can it break that mold? Well, let's uh, let's discuss it. Um, I did do a live tweeting session while I was watching the movie. I admittedly uh, had to do it over a couple different parts. I didn't I didn't watch it all in one take. So I watched it in about three different sittings. Over the course of today, just I watched the first hour and then I, you know, hit the gym, kind of did my thing, came back, watched another 20 and then watched, uh, did a little work and then watched the, the rest. So it's about an hour and 50 minutes total. And if you can't tell based on the way that I'm discussing, kind of dancing around it, I did hear that they were holding back the, um, they were holding back the fact of, uh, what's it called? Uh, the embargo date of the release of the films to what are they really they said that you can't have the the United States could not release the reviews of the movie until Thursday although they let everyone the majority of uh, of professional critics see it Wednesday normally when they do that and they're holding back the reviews it means that the studio knows it's not probably the best uh it's not going to be given the best critical uh reception in my opinion and I can kind of see why so without going to too much spoilers there will be a spoiler free section which is what we're in right now and there's going to be a spoiler section where we're going to discuss the uh, film by uh, by the plot and so um, I will leave a little bit of the spoiler section in here normally it is going to be for the patreon paying members only um, that's how we keep the lights on around here at the Luck It Out podcast. But uh, yeah, so let me let me t- let me tell you what I thought about this uh, movie in a quick summation of a couple of my tweets. 
Um, again, this is at Lucky Dog Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, and you'll get some of these live tweets. Goodness, we did it for um, King Kong versus uh, Godzilla as well. Um, so let me find the string of t- okay. So Mortal Kombat was like going to a restaurant. And the best parts of the meal were the appetizers and the desserts. Why didn't you just let Hiroki take the lead? Um, and for anyone that doesn't know who Hiroki is, um, it's Lin, Lin K. And I'm sorry if I'm getting the Mortal Kombat names wrong. I, I don't remember them well enough to get everyone's name right, so... Uh, you know, bear with me when I'm giving some of these ex, uh, uh, trying to say some of these names. So, anyways, with uh, an estimated budget, it says of approximately ninety-five million dollars. Um, it this is starring an amalgamation of different characters, and their acting ability, I'd say, is uh, across the board on different levels. To be nice. And uh, the majority of the time, I liked the people that were cast. I didn't like what they were doing, and I didn't feel like they were natural for the most part. A lot of it felt like the dialogue came from the, the voice or the, uh, the, the, the mind of one person. And something that I look into when I'm studying movies, when I enjoy a character or I enjoy a story or I enjoy... Uh, a world that a creator has has made. I need to feel like these characters are all from different, are, are all having different uh, thoughts. It, that they're not all coming from the st- same streamline of thought. And it's kind of hard to describe without uh, comparing it to other things. I'd say having characters that are seriously fleshed out in a way that make you feel like this is a real person this is a real person that has lived in this world and understands what's going on um and has drives and motivations and i don't need full backstories for all these characters because we clearly don't have enough time to do that but with watching this movie this was one of the problems is that it felt like everybody had uh read off the same script and that everybody had the kind of same the same demeanor um, and the same motivations in every single uh, bits of the scene. And so, what what with, with saying that, uh, you know, Louis Louis Tan as uh, Cole Young, Jessica McNamee as Sonya Blade, Josh uh, Lawson as Kano, uh, Joe Tassalm as Baihan, uh, Makad Brooks as Jax. I enjoyed the general casting of these characters. And I've seen the majority of these characters, or I've seen the majority of these actors um, in other pieces of media. I did not see the Meg with uh, uh, Jessica McNamee, but I kind of felt like she would be in that type of movie where it's, you know, like kind of uh, badass heroine kind of style. Um, and there wasn't a second I really thought that any of the characters or the actors couldn't carry the physical, uh, the physicality of the movie. This movie requires all of the actors essentially to be very uh, agile, very, uh, uh, very much light on their feet, 
and ready and able to be limber and to fight. And I feel like the flexibility of these characters really is shown when they're fighting. But when they're talking about flexibility of, you know, these these characters as actors, it really feels flat and one note. And I don't want to say that it's just these it's not that it's not like a, a fault. I don't want to say it's a fault. It's just that this script did not serve these actors at all in any way except for uh fan service for a way. So when I say fan service, people might get a little bit up in arms. People that really like the movie might be like, "This isn't fan service. This is the movie." You know, well, um uh I'm going to do like a small spoiler of the movie Solo. Um, with uh, the Han Solo movie, just kind of skip ahead 30 seconds uh, if you don't want to hear anything. But it's the origin of of Solo and his name is revealed in that movie. So it feels like this movie was that concept of revealing why, you know, this, this little summation or, you know, quote-unquote clue of who they are oh his name's solo oh it's because he's alone oh okay um it feels like that mentality is happening in this movie for the most part it's like oh that's where he got the dagger oh that's where he got the thing it feels like half this movie is i don't want to say fan service because you have to have an extent of of you know showing the original world, showing the original concept. There's iconography to every brand that needs to be shown, and I totally understand that. But this was like to the extent of they would stop, almost break the fourth wall looking at the camera and say like their catchphrase or, you know, I am not, uh, you know, what's his name? I am not uh, uh, Bai Han. I am Sub-Zero. You know, something, they would look at the, the camera and kind of do something of that nature. So with saying that, I got to say the biggest flaw in this was probably the script. You know what they needed? They needed somebody to come in here and tell them you're making a Mortal Kombat video game movie and you don't need to be so goddamn serious. The actor, Josh Lawson, I haven't seen him in too much, but he seemed to be the one guy that had a lot of fun. He was in Anchorman 2 uh, long story short, and I don't really see anything. Bombshell, I see that. Okay. Um, so he's been in a number of, uh, you know, projects and stuff like that. He's he's not new to the acting scene. Uh, what is this? The Little Death. I've never seen, I have not seen that. So anyways, um, yeah, Josh Lawson seemed to be the only, the actor that seemed to know that this was kind of a ridiculous plot. And it needed to, this movie was trying to teeter on being kind of, you know, like self-referential, kind of funny a little bit about it, like the Phil and Lord, Mil- Phil and Phil Lord and Chris Miller or something like that. It, that kind of irreverent style humor. I, I know there wasn't a writer from 22 Jump Street on here, um, but it felt like in many parts of this that, uh, you know, we're just being told things things are just happening people are just saying things that the the natural conclusion of a story unfolding is not happening on the screen right now we if you're coming to this movie you better know and you better be ready just for some really dumb writing you like bare bones don't don't think about it don't don't think about it too hard uh because you're gonna be like what the fuck um but 
overall, there's some pretty decent action. The action is enough that if you're like even a little bit interested, I think I would recommend it strictly for the action. If you you throw it on in the background, uh, you know, I'd recommend just doing it, it that way. Unfortunately, it's not sufficing in the middle of the the of the movie to say it needs all of your attention. You know, it really does not. Um, so yeah, let me um, talk about the plot real quick, and um, we'll be on our way to hop on to the spoiler section. Uh, Benjamin Wallifschick, I guess, is uh, the composer's name for the music. I did kind of like the 80s synthy style. They do have a little bit of, uh, I'm not going to say yes or no if they have any of the original stuff in there, but I will say I, I liked what they were doing. Um this guy, I actually am not familiar with anything this guy's done. Um, yeah, Hidden Figures, A Cure for Wellness. Okay, um, I am Annabelle. It. Yeah, actually, he. Oh, he did a uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Uh, the Vanishing, I think I remember. Hell, Hellboy twenty nineteen. Shazam chapter It chapter two. He has some stuff under his belt. I'll, I'll be honest. I like I like this guy. Um, yeah, and he's the primary composer for all of those. Um, let me see. He's going to be the composer on The Flash as well. That might be interesting. It does have that 80s synthy style. Um, let me see what else. Okay, so here's the plot of the... Sorry, here's the synopsis of the, uh, of the movie real quick. This is without spoilers. Um, MMA fighter Cole Young seeks out Earth's greatest champions in order to stand out against the enemies of Outworld in high-stakes battle for the universe. So before we go into the spoiler section where we're discussing all the juicy goodness of the plot, I just wanted to let everyone know... um, uh, thank you for watching, listening, Lucky Doll Podcast. Be sure to support on Patreon.com slash Lucky Doll Podcast. Um, anything you donate there is going to help feed the podcast and help us grow and expand. Um, let me know how I can improve. Let me know about the review. Let me know how I can improve the review and what you thought about Mortal Kombat itself. Um, did you like it? Did you think it uh did you think it needed to be slightly improved here and there like I might have? So, uh, yeah, let's uh, discuss the plot of, uh, what is this, Mortal Kombat. I actually changed my mind last minute. I want to uh, look at a couple of the tweets that people are talking about on Mortal Kombat um, right here. Okay, so... Uh, you know, showing some, or you know, kind of expressing some of the tweets will maybe help me understand if majority of people are liking it. Maybe not so much. As of right now, my my rating for this movie is a six out of ten. The six is strictly because of the um, the six is strictly because of the fighting. It's just literally anything else is is really not in my best interest at all like when it comes to uh the reason that the trailer might look cool is the cinematography i think you can have good editing and cinematography on there uh jermaine uh, mcking did the cinematography and that's strictly what's going on with uh the marketing and whatnot i did want to check on some of the uh tweets 
So let's see. Um, maybe to counterbalance some of my negativity about the movie, um, at M underscore Windrunner99. Uh, hashtag Mortal Kombat movie, epic. Uh, let's see. Underscore K Josh underscore. Just finished watching the Mortal Kombat movie. I'm really impressed. I really like the Cabal. Cabal actor, his scenes uh, were well done, especially with the trash talk with Kano. Uh, props to all the actors and the production behind it. I actually was not crazy about the uh, costumes I liked. Set dressing, I thought, is not going to age well at all. There's a couple of scenes where they're in this, like, uh, uh, I don't know. It's not hell. It's just some random, random non-Earth location. And uh, I actually was did not think that's going to age well at all. I thought the green screen was a little bit sketchy. And again, it could have just been what I was watching on. I was watching majority of the time on iPad. Um, so yeah, what is this? Captain VG313. Um, ah, so the... Mm, no, I'll skip that. Okay, somebody else said. Uh, D underscore mag underscore music. Hashtag Mortal Kombat movie was terrible. Uh, laughing faces. Um, let me see. I'm going to look at the top tweets real quick. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, someone said, I want Lewis. Sorry. At I'm underscore not underscore Jade. I want Lewis Tan and Ludi Lin to fill me up like a double-stuffed Oreo. Oh, my God. And Lewis Tan said, is this a new fatality? <laughs> oh, I actually am. Uh, I like that uh, he's responding to some of the stuff. Um, Lewis Tan, Tan is actually, um, I don't know if it's Tan or Tan, um, he was in the Immortal Iron Fist, and he was my favorite. He was in it for maybe two or three minutes, and he was my favorite part of that first season. He, it plays like a drunken uh, hobo guy, and he's a fucking G in it, and which makes me that much more like, like damn, y'all couldn't have given this guy a little bit more to do. Like, every, it feels like they took like the third take of all of his takes, and it's just like he does not feel like he is trying to fight for the you know the rest of, you know the saving of the world or for the saving of his family or whatever i don't know um let me see greg russo by by fans for fans that's the writer i don't know uh and i do got to say there there's going to be some uh gift-worthy moments that are absolutely worth you know, maybe watching the movie just for that. I'm watching one of the scenes with, uh, we're going to start discussing spoilers here. Um, one of the scenes uh, with Jax and Sub-Zero is he's shooting, it's this gif, and you can see all the bullets dispersing in several different locations coming towards uh, Sub-Zero, but he's freezing the bullets as they're coming toward him, uh, coming out of the gun. It's one of the coolest, they have some of the coolest um like like gifts or like two or three second clippets or i don't know exactly how to how to explain it because the majority of the fighting in the middle of the movie was not nearly as exciting as i'd say the beginning or end 
when it came down to the the type of martial arts. I don't know, just something about punching and stuff was just not nearly as interesting as when they were doing using their martial arts and using their powers in between. I did like Makai Brooks and Sub Zero fight. That was kind of in, that was in the middle, and I think that was uh, one of the cool parts. Um, I'm seeing a lot of positive stuff on the uh, top on the top tweets, uh, but yeah, let me see. Okay, so um, let's uh, let's see. In again, I'm not going to get all these names right, so just bear with me when I'm. I'm I'm gonna get fatalityed by everybody saying you suck ass at responding to these uh or to, to pronouncing these uh names and whatnot. So, in 17th century Japan, Lin Linkei assassins led by Bai Han, aka Sub Zero, I believe, uh, attack and kill members of the rival Shira Ru Ninja Clan and Han Zero. Hashi's wife and son. Hashi's himself kills the attackers before falling to Bai Han and taken to the nether realm. Raiden arrives and takes Hashi's uh, surviving infant daughter to safety. So, uh, I enjoy this first scene. I think it's an awesome opener. You kind of get uh, an idea for what's going on. Um, but this baby was kind felt like kind of insignificant for the big chunk of the movie, which kind of felt like it should have happened a little bit earlier. There's so much of this setup of this movie that feels like it's like a double opening. And with having so many of these characters... Uh, become so uh i don't know what you call it uh you have to flesh all these characters out so you have to explain their backstory so similar to any of the movies people might have seen with having like a ragtag group of people well these aren't the ragtag group of people coming together this is like the elite they're supposed to be the elite of the elite but i'd say we're finding the elite at the elite of the elite at the very early stages of um, who they are and their in uh, the perspective of their journey or their adventure. So I feel like we probably should have just followed either Raiden or we should have followed uh, Hasashi or one of these characters from the very beginning because it opens so big that I just... I'm immediately endeared to uh, Hasashi's uh, character, Hanzo. Um, I'm endeared to him, his character because we lose his family, but then we're transferred to a brand new family that has almost nothing to do with it. it what feels like it has nothing to do with it for a large chunk of the time. So in the present, the realm of Outworld has uh, defeated Earthrealm. And nine of ten deathmatch tournaments called Mortal Kombat. Kano wins. You fucking beauty. 